0: I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, saluting service in the community. Being a veteran certainly has its perks this weekend. Hancock County Veterans Service Office Executive Director Nicole Coleman will join us. Also this morning, helping veterans transition to civilian life. What are the best careers after service, and how can vets find the one that fits them best? And the miracle of the ugly little sweater. Local attorney and former City Council President Bob Shuck talks about his first effort as a children's book author. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, November 9th, 2023. Last night was the, what is it, the third, was it the third presidential candidate debate among the Republican presidential hopefuls um I, we call them hopefuls but do they have any hope at all <laughs> of, of actually getting the nomination they don't think so now this one was kind of interesting the first two uh were hosted by fox news and the fox business channel and this one was hosted by uh nbc and uh so there was a bit of a different vibe uh, to this one and, and coverage of the campaign obviously is a little flavored a little bit differently depending on where you get your news. Uh, I thought this was interesting. Virginia Tech researchers have found that the news giants out there, the network news giants, could be actually deepening the political divide in this country. Uh, researchers analyzed almost 300 billion words from uh, media news broadcasts and then examined 133,000 tweets between 2010 and 2020. And what they found was that so, I mean, this is extensive research here. Um, a lot of data went into this. What they found was that Americans select news sources, the news sources they follow, based on pre-existing political biases. And the key words used in the news broadcasts found their way into social media discussions about political topics. For example, when discussing immigration, uh, Fox News tends to use Words and phrases like illegal and uh, order, things like that. CNN uses terms like parents and communities. Um, just a different way of reporting the story with a bit of a slant to the right or the left. These speech patterns then were parroted by social media users uh, on X, which of course used to be known as Twitter, and so these researchers at Virginia Tech thus conclude that because TV news is driven by ratings, the incentive is to make market-driven decisions that probably are not that are more demographic than democratic. Is basically what they're saying. Um, professor and former journalist Mike Horning is in charge of this research for uh, Virginia Tech. University. It's interesting. I don't know that any of that is necessarily surprising. Would you Would you call any of that surprising or earth shattering? Um, maybe, if nothing else, it uh, may be a validation or a, a confirmation of something that we pretty much already knew. That the uh, where you get your news uh, basically influences how you feel about certain stories because things are written and delivered with a particular slant to the right or the left. Not a big shocker there. But it is the world that we live in. Uh, some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started here. Speaking of uh, politics and the fractured political nature, not, in, not just in this country, but around the world, you know that uh, U.S.-China relations are uh, probably as bad as they have been since the early 70s when uh, the united states sort of integrated china into the world economy uh the three national zoo giant pandas are headed back to china now today marks the end of more than five decades of pandas calling the washington dc zoo their home um the uh China gave the first two giant pandas, it says here, China gave the first two giant pandas to the U.S. in 1972 as a symbol of diplomacy after President Nixon visited the country, normalized relations with China. Um, It was one of the highlights of the Nixon presidency, one of the great achievements of the uh, Nixon presidency, uh, as much for China as it was for the United States, but now uh, tensions are at an all-time high. Uh, between the U.S. and China, and they have demanded their pandas back. And so the National Zoo has crated them up and shipping them back. So no more pandas, Washington, D.C. Zoo, after five decades. Right now, the zoo in Atlanta has the only Chinese pandas in the United States, and they may soon be gone as well. The contracts that Zoo Atlanta has for their four giant pandas uh that contract is up next year and there has not been any word about an extension so they may be on their way back to uh, china as well i what would uh what would happen we were talking about this uh when the news broke some weeks ago that the pandas at the national zoo in washington dc would be uh, heading back to china we kind of uh wondered what would be what would happen if we just didn't send them back she <laughs> said no we're not sending them back um uh, you know what would that trigger you know military action That's I mean China's very serious about their uh, pandas did you know that uh, if uh, pandas in this country and they're they're all on loan from from China because that's where they're native but uh, the contracts stipulate that if a pair of pandas breeds uh in this country, the baby pandas actually belong to China as well. We don't even get to keep those uh so just kind of interesting. Uh, let's see here. Some of the other uh, most interesting and uh, buzzworthy stories of the day. Again, this has a, a bit of a, a political... Uh, so you remember uh, during the debate over Issue 2 uh, here in Ohio ahead of the election? That was the marijuana legalization uh, proposal, which of course passed. And uh, some of the people who were opposed to Issue 2 brought up the old argument of marijuana being a gateway drug, that uh, marijuana leads to the abuse of harder drugs. Well, apparently, that is not the case. Researchers now have found that soda pop may be a gateway drug. That's right. According to this study of over 2,000 children, they found that kids who drink Soda pop every day are twice as likely to uh, use alcohol. The uh, study of over 2,000 children surveyed how often they drank Coke, Pepsi, or Dr. Pepper. And I don't know why those would be the only ones, um, but those were the ones they used. In addition to being more likely to try alcohol, kids who drank soda daily were more impulsive and had a poorer working memory. This could mean that they have more trouble organizing or completing tasks. One possible explanation is that the substances contained in caffeinated uh, caffeinated drinks, uh, caffeine and sugar specifically, could induce a toxicological effect on the brain, according to the author of this study, one Mina Kwan. Another possibility is that children who drink soda pop so often already have trouble controlling their impulses. So... Never mind uh, marijuana, it appears that uh, Soda Pop is the uh, gateway drug. It's for kids. Kind of interesting. And a couple of other items here. Among the first things you need to know to get your Thursday morning started, uh, hear about this. Walmart, back uh, some time ago, uh, tried a new idea in some of its stores. It was a pilot program uh, to have sensory-friendly shopping hours at their stores. Uh, where they would turn off the music that been you know piped in over the loudspeaker system. They turn the the music off. They dim the lights, uh, the uh, television screens. They have you know with advertisements, so that they basically turned off the videos for the uh, video screens. And they did all of this so that people who are highly sensitive to noise and you know those sensory inputs, like. For example, those with autism uh, so that those uh, individuals could shop in peace, and it turned out that it was very well received not just among uh those who are autistic but among the general public. People generally liked a shopping experience that was a little more laid back and so now Walmart has decided that they are going to continue to do this uh. Moving forward, on a permanent basis, uh, they will dim the lights, cut the music in all Walmart stores between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. daily. Every day, between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m., if you want one of those sensory-friendly experiences, whether you're autistic or just prefer to shop in peace, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. daily. Uh, and i don 't know when this starts i, I don 't know if this is effective immediately or if it starts like at the first of the year. I have no idea, but um, it is going to be chain wide and uh it begins uh well again i don 't know when it begins, but it 's moving forward every day so kind of interesting I have to uh, swing back i don't i i didn 't notice that i mean maybe I was in Walmart during one of those uh sensory friendly times, but I did not notice it I have to uh, go. And just check it out. Yeah. See, and finally, among the first things you need to know this morning, so often we talk about these TikTok trends, and uh, so many of them are, are dangerous, people getting into trouble, hurting themselves with these TikTok trends. The latest TikTok uh, trend, however, is something you may actually want to try, putting toilet paper in your refrigerator. <laughs> now, why would you want to do that, you ask? Well, according to fans of the practice, this is the big thing. Toilet paper helps absorb odors in the refrigerator. Now, yes, you could do you could put baking soda, which is what people typically put in their refrigerators uh, to keep them smelling fresh. As a matter of fact, Arm & Hammer, you remember used to advertise that uh all the time. You buy a box of Arm & Hammer, put it in your refrigerator. I don't know if they advertise that anymore, but anyway, um they say never mind the baking soda; uh, toilet paper apparently works just as well. The toilet paper supposedly helps neutralize odors and works for about three weeks. Now, baking soda will work a box of baking soda will work about three months. So, you are probably only doing this in a pinch, and toilet paper is rather pricey. But uh, they also they do caution: do not use the toilet paper for its intended purpose after it has been in the fridge. <laughs> not only would that be very cold, <laughs> but apparently uh, the chill from the refrigerator kind of breaks down the uh, paper. It's not, not really any good for its intended purpose after that. But, yeah, you can try it. See what you think. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started.
1: WFIN News. I'm Matt Demcheck. Your WTOL 11 weather... Partly cloudy today with a high in the mid-50s, partly cloudy tonight, uh, low around 40. A coroner in northwest Ohio says an object found by a family pet was not human remains.
2: Authorities say that a cat in Seneca County did not bring its owner a human finger. Somebody from the Tiffin area called the sheriff's office after their cat brought them that object in question and they thought it was a finger. They contacted the Seneca County coroner and then had the object transported to Lucas County. The Lucas County coroner's office determined that the item was not human remains. No word on what it actually was.
1: WTOL 11's Jeff Smith reporting. A rollover crash just west of Finley sent a man to the hospital. It happened across from the Ohio Bureau of Motor Vehicles offices on County Road 140. The car went off the road, hit some mailboxes, and then overturned, coming to rest near a pole. The man was taken to Blanchard Valley Hospital. There was no word on the extent of his injuries. The Ohio State Highway Patrol is investigating the crash. See pictures from the scene in the story on our website. The youngsters at Finley's Chamberlain Hill Elementary will honor local veterans during their 26th annual Veterans Day program on Friday. That was from last year, one of the performances the youngsters put on for the veterans. Program begins at 10:30, lunch is at 11:30. There'll also be artwork in the hallways that students made honoring veterans. Get more on Chamberlain Hill Elementary's annual Veterans Day program on Friday in the story on our website. Habitat for Humanity of Finley-Hancock County held its annual celebration dinner to celebrate and thank volunteers, donors, and partner organizations who have helped Habitat stabilize and shelter families throughout 2023. During the celebration, three annual awards were presented to volunteers in recognition of their contribution to Habitat. Those awards were the Paul Geyer Leadership Volunteer of the Year, the Golden Hammer Award, and the Youth Leadership Volunteer of the Year. Get more on Habitat's celebration dinner and this story on our website. And don't forget, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com.
0: County Veterans Service Office Executive Director Nicole Coleman is with us in the studio this morning with uh, Veterans Day coming up, saluting service in the community. Tell you what, Nicole, being a veteran certainly
3: has its perks
0: this weekend. Here. It
3: it does. You know, my husband and I, you can watch for us on our tour of restaurants this weekend because we don't fix a meal this weekend. <laughs> absolutely. You've got a list on your uh, website. I was looking at
0: uh, yesterday of uh, all of the uh, perks and the freebies and the, the stuff, spe- uh, especially
3: for veterans. And it is a long list. It is. I think it is up to three pages long now. Wow. So it's incredible. You can find it on our website, like you said, which I assume you have a link on your website. Right. Yep. And you know, if you're not tech savvy, you can come into our office before four thirty <laughs> today and pick up a printed copy of it. There you go, and uh,
0: plot out your strategy for right. the entire weekend. As a matter of fact, it's it's really interesting because some of uh, some of the uh, participating uh, restaurants and such uh, are doing this on different days. Uh, you know, right on through the weekend.
3: So. Yeah, and what we love about that is they're being creative. One to understand that. We can't go to all of those places <laughs> right. in, in one day, right, but two, that some people really struggle with being in a crowded restaurant mm. yeah. and so it's better if they can come later, mm. and <clears throat> one of the restaurants um, it's there's a coupon that you can come for your free value basket anytime mm. between now and the end of february oh wow and yeah. um. They are doing a fundraiser. It's Culver's. They're doing a fundraiser next week. The concrete's for a cause. So any of the uh, concrete mixers, which if you haven't had them, yum, um, (laughs) any of them that are sold next week, a portion of those proceeds will go to our office.
0: Awesome. 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 Uh, So that list, that's one of the things that we wanted to mention because there are all kinds of uh, freebies, which is always nice. Uh, Of course, the celebration of Veterans Day uh, locally culminates with the parade, which is actually on Sunday.
3: Yes, the parade is Sunday. Um, It starts at 2 p.m. Lineup starts at 1. So if you're wanting to be in the parade, lineup starts at 1 um, on at the intersection there of Lincoln and Main Street, mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> the parade will run from Lincoln Street down to the War Memorial, which is at the uh, intersection of Center and Main Street. Yeah, and there will be a real brief ceremony there. And uh, it's always it's always a neat opportunity to yeah. celebrate with veterans
0: in the community. Uh, important to mention that this is the Veterans Day parade is a little bit different than the Memorial Day parade. Obviously, ends at the cemetery, Correct. and this is the uh, Veterans Day, which is one of the things about Veterans Day that we always like to point out that this is different than Memorial Day uh, in in the sense that and in, in veterans very. Uh, cognizant of that and and very protective of that.
3: Yes. um, Memorial Day is not about those of us veterans who are living. Right. Um, It is about those that paid the ultimate price who Mm -hmm. are not with us anymore. Right. And also remembering their families, Mm -hmm. you know, who also paid that ultimate price by not having their loved one with them anymore. So. You know, sometimes people forget what Memorial Day is about and mm-hmm. thank veterans, and sometimes they might not respond very kindly to you if you yeah. do that, because it's not about us. Exactly. This is the day that's yes. about
0: veterans. But that being said, and I know we've talked about this uh, before, what is the the mindset of veterans? Because I know so many veterans, my boys are like this because uh, my sons are both veterans, um, sometimes they're they get a little uncomfortable with everybody saying it's always nice to be thanked for your service but at the same time being the center of attention can be kind of uncomfortable sometimes it, it
3: can be that's never uncomfortable for me if you know me <laughs> yeah, yeah. but there but there are a lot of people who yes are uncomfortable with it and it is interesting if you look at the different generations of veterans mm-hmm. how each different generation responds yeah. Um, That's interesting. You know, the, the World War II veterans typically responded differently than the Vietnam veterans. Mm-hmm. You know, the Vietnam veterans, you thank them for their service, and they are genuinely appreciative Partly because, because they didn't get
0: that uh, that
3: reaction when they first got home.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And
3: the World War II veterans, they did. I mean, there yeah. were parades right. and celebrations when they came home. Mm-hmm. And so it is it is kind of a generational thing. Yeah,
0: I think for World War II veterans, it's probably uh, what's nice is knowing that they are remembered all this number of years later. Yeah, you know? e- exactly. So it's a different level uh, of that. But more recent veterans... Um, I think for a lot of them and again I from my experience with my my boys they when people say thank you and they they reference military uh, those in the military as as modern day heroes that's not really what it's all about for them it's not the heroics i mean it was a it was a job it was an important job in mm-hmm. recognizing that but you know it's just something that you do
3: right so. So what I would say to the non-veterans is don't stop thanking veterans. Sure. And what I would say to the veterans is to spend today thinking about how you're going to reply, mm-hmm. because people are going to thank right. you. Right. And you know, my response is almost always I would do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, you know, I've heard other people say it was my honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of different ways you can right. reply to that, but I think yeah. the key is to figure out what feels comfortable and genuine from you.
0: And and what does as a veteran, what does Veterans Day mean? Um, because I I think again for civilians, it's a time to thank veterans for their service and and you know that important role that they play in. You know, keeping America free, and so on and so on and so forth. We talk about that so many times, but I think for some veterans, it can be a time to reflect on the way their experience in the service has changed the course of their lives or or impacted their lives even long after that service is over,
3: yeah, and I think that that is definitely true i this I think the answer the only answer I can give is to me mm-hmm. what it means, yeah. This week, I always reflect on those lifelong relationships that I built mm-hmm. those seven years I was in the military, and some yeah. of those people I only was with for one year of my life, right, but I still have their phone number I still spend send Christmas cards to them. We see each other every once in a while, yeah, and you know you you develop those special friendships with those people because you went through. Sometimes traumatic things together, mm-hmm. but always funny things together. A I mean, experience <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
0: that yeah. Uh, you don't you don't get in many other relationships,
3: right? Um, because everyone is taken out of their home. Everyone is taken out of their right. comfort zone, and. We have to rely on each other as family. Well, and that's the other thing too. I mean, uh, being
0: in the service and that experience is so far out of your comfort zone for most uh, of most folks who go into the military that it can't help but make you think about all of the different ways that has changed your life since then. Right. I mean, how different would your life be?
3: I can't even. And you not yeah. have that experience. Yeah, so. I can't even imagine who I would be yeah. without my time in the military. Yeah. You know, and the other thing that I think is um, unique uh, around Veterans Day and the, and the different generations is with World War II, everyone was impacted. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were very few Americans who didn't have someone either serving right. or being Rosie the Riveter. Mm-hmm. Everyone right. was Everybody impacted.
0: sacrificed right.
3: in World War II. With each war after that, the the impact across the country got a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time you got to my period of war, the Desert Storm War, it mm-hmm. was pretty small. And now where we're at, it yeah. is very small. Yeah. I mean very, very small. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. I mean, again, you think back uh, the era of World War II where, like you said, uh, you know, everybody chipped in. We bought war bonds. We rationed just about everything in our lives was rationed, and it was all part of the war effort. Today, um, again, unless you have somebody in your immediate family that's serving, you probably don't and even with that you don't really recognize that daily sacrifice. Right. I can't even imagine if uh the president were to go on TV and say we're going to ration rubber or we're right. going to ration flour to you know support the the troops what the reaction would be.
3: Exactly. Yeah. You know and if I think about I've been in this job for about 12 years now when mm-hmm. I first started going to veterans day programs to speak Um, You know, I would ask the kids, how many, how many of you have someone in your family who's in the military Mm -hmm. versus now? Yeah. The number of hands, even in that 12 years. Yeah is drastically lower yeah
0: i I do know that uh yeah the military has been uh, struggling of late to uh, meet recruitment goals and so on so something we're thinking about and we also would be remiss if we didn't mention that it is a good opportunity for veterans if they haven't connected with the veteran service office to do that
3: yes we encourage we encourage all veterans and surviving spouses of veterans to connect with us at least once every three years because laws can change, your finances can change, and your health can change. Mm-hmm. And any of those three things changing could impact what you're benefits are yeah. and we want to make sure that you're always aware of what you're eligible for from the federal government for your service
0: absolutely uh and very deservedly so so again reach out to the uh, veteran service office uh with any questions uh, respecting that and again we've got the link on our webpage for all of the perks that go along with being a veteran this weekend hancock county veteran service office executive director nicole coleman with us this morning nicole thanks very much for dropping by we appreciate it thanks chris thank you for your service Well, you know, each year, over 200,000 military members transition to civilian life. That's roughly 1,300 military families per day. And that transition comes with significant challenges, to be sure, but also unique opportunities for those who understand the evolving career landscape, which is why Navy Federal Credit Union and Higher Heroes USA are out with their 2023 Best Careers After Service report. And joining us are Clay Stackhouse from Navy Fed and Ross Dickman from Higher Heroes USA. And Clay, let's jump right in here. What are some of the top careers from the report.
2: Yeah, thanks so much, Chris. You know, I love this time of year because we focus on veterans, and it's so important as veterans transition out uh, that they get with a financial institution that cares enough to do things like make these lists to help them. Uh, Since 2018, we've been doing the best of list. I've been instrumental in helping. We did our first uh, best careers after service in 2019. What we do is, is partner with a With a nonprofit this year, it's Higher Heroes USA and Sperling's Best Places for Research. And what we do is go out to over a thousand veterans and individually ask them, what types of things are important as you transition into a new career? Not just a job, but totally transition out of your old life in the military and into a career in the civilian world. And then we take all those thoughts and desires and we go to the Bureau of Labor Statistics and we match them up with professions. So... We, uh, we have a list of 10, but I'll give you the top five right now. Actually, okay. at number five, it's, it's arts and entertainment came in at five. Hmm. Uh, four is healthcare professionals. Uh, three is management Two is community and social service. And number one is where I found myself in business and financial operations. So that's the top of our list, Chris.
0: That's interesting. Those are uh, kind of broad categories. There are a lot of uh, specific positions that would fall under those categories. What makes those careers those career fields particularly appealing two veterans. I mean, you talk about matching uh, matching those things up. What goes into making that match?
2: Right. That's a good point and something I've learned, uh, Chris, I wish I took better uh, advantage of this as I was transitioning out of the Marine Corps in 2015, uh, because we've seen things stay the same in some aspect, which is that veterans like to uh, work on a team and veterans like to make a difference, right? So, At the end of the day, they know followership, they know leadership, they know how to work well with others, and uh, when they're done working like I do at Navy Federal, I help military veterans and their families with their finances. I feel like I'm making a difference at the end of the day, and it seems like the veterans, that's a big theme we've seen, teamwork
0: and making a difference. Hmm. Ross, let me get you into the conversation here. As we mentioned earlier, the premise here is that veterans have some unique opportunities if they understand the evolving career landscape and uh, obviously a list like this can help with that. Talk about the types of resources that you offer at Higher Heroes USA to assist those veterans in in, in their transition.
4: Yeah, Chris, that transition to civilian employment, you know, leaving the military service, it can be kind of daunting. And that's why at Hire Heroes USA, we're dedicated to providing, you know, personalized, tailored, one-on-one career coaching and training, uh, which really does help those veterans smooth out that transition. And Navy Federal's research shows this as well, that if veterans get that kind of tailored guidance and support, um, 80% 80% 80% of them will have better job satisfaction that first year after mm. leaving the military service. Yeah. That's really why we do collaborate on this is helping them understand the market opportunities and resourcing them with the right coaching, the right training, the right tools and supports so that they can overcome the challenges that they face in that transition.
0: So based on some of those resources, uh, what are some uh, tips you can share uh, maybe some practical advice or insights for veterans who are looking to make a smooth transition into a civilian career or maybe have already uh, transitioned out of the military but haven't yet found that career yet.
4: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, first is recognizing it is a, really a rapidly changing job market. So, continuous learning, staying with a positive learning orientation, that means if you need to learn, You know, go for additional training, new certifications, education, you know, updating your skills, basically. Um, You know, leveraging the skills that you got from the military as well. The technical skills that you learn will really help someone in obtaining that first career. But, you know, like you spoke about, some of those who maybe transitioned out already, don't forget about their people skills, leadership, problem solving, teamwork. Those things can really help them move up and advance their careers. Um, Staying open to feedback, you know, using a designated one-on-one coach to get mentorship and actionable feedback that can help them, you know, move up and navigate challenges. Uh, Don't forget about their personal life and their uh, having a healthy work-life balance that's Mm -hmm. crucial for sustainability and success. And um, to me, I think one of the most powerful traits that you get leaving the military is this capability for adaptability and flexibility. It's always changing in the military, the situation's always changing, and military leaders are so adaptable lean into that strength, and leverage it around the evolving marketplace.
0: It's really kind of interesting. Uh, I was thinking as you were talking about uh, finding that work-life balance, that I would imagine can be a bit of a challenge for a veteran who, uh, to this point, their their work has been their life. And, and so that doesn't necessarily translate when you get out into the civilian world. If you have that same kind of mindset, uh, that's a surefire way of burning out pretty quickly.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And I think Clay and I share this. Uh, the military is not just a cultural orientation, but it's an it's a identity. Yeah. And so when you're leaving that, it's figuring out those those lines and making sure you've
2: got positive community and health support systems around you yeah totally agree with that it's an identity can't overemphasize that enough
0: yeah uh again clay sackhouse from navy federal credit union ross dickman from higher heroes usa out with their 2023 best careers after service report where do we get more information Again, we mentioned some of them where do folks uh, get more information on the uh, full list
2: there is so much information on NavyFederal.org. Uh, go to Making Sense and you can see the entire list uh, and all sorts of great information. We will and link. Go to
4: HigherHeroesUSA.org as well if you're a transitioning veteran and in need of career support.
0: Very good. We will link up to those resources at our webpage as well. Gentlemen, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank
2: you. Thank you so much, Chris. This is Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM.
3: We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert.
0: Our first candidate for the title of dumb criminal of the day uh, is the man who is accused of stealing more than $14,000 worth of casino chips from the Rivers Casino in Northwest Suburban Des Plaines, Illinois. $14,000 in casino chips. Ismael Atiyat has been charged with armed robbery. Authorities say the defendant wore a black face mask and uh, brandished a gun at casino employees before stealing $14,000 worth of chips and then leaving. It happened on Halloween night. Um, (laughs) Now what's dumb about this is what are you going to do with $14,000 worth of casino chips other than try to cash them in at the casino that you stole them from? I mean, <laughs> hey, think about it. What what are you going to do with $14,000 worth of casino chips? They're not good for anything other than at the casino where you stole them. Uh, Mr. Atiyat is currently detained in the Cook County Jail while awaiting trial at the end of of this month, <laughs> that just strikes me as kind of a dumb thing to steal. You know what I mean? There's anyway, um, it's, not, it's not like they are going to figure out when you come in when you come back in the casino to try and cash in fourteen thousand dollars worth of casino chips. Hmm, that might be our guy. Uh. Nominee number two for the dumb criminal of the day is the man who allegedly stole money from a bank in order to purchase his dream car. Joseph Herring Jr. uh, robbed the uh, uh, City of Memphis Employees Credit Union. Uh, The uh, manager of the bank branch noticed $72,000 was missing from the vault back in August. Um, Here's the... (laughs) Here's the thing, uh, Mr. Herring was an employee of the bank. He was an em- and he was employed as an IT technician. And when the uh, bank manager noticed that the seventy-two thousand dollars was missing, uh, he conducted an audit and determined that Mr. Herring was there in the vault at the time of the loss. Now, Mr. Herring. Claimed initially that he won the money at a a casino uh, there, but uh, he did not win enough to cover the cost of the car. So he just had to take it from the bank. (laughs) He has been charged with felony theft. Uh, By the way, his dream car is a 2024 Volvo S60. It's a very nice car, but, I mean, if you're going to go through the trouble of stealing money from the bank that you work at, I mean, make it worth it. I mean, buy a Lamborghini or, you know, (laughs) something like that. Not a a Volvo. It's a nice car. (laughs) Is it worth the trouble? I don't know. Stole $72,000 from his own bank uh, to purchase his dream car. Hmm. It's good to have a dream. Uh, Let's see. The uh, folks at Pizza Hut make the broken news this morning. Pizza Hut has come up with a new concoction at its Hong Kong restaurants. Uh, The pizza chain has paired up with a local restaurant to offer patrons in Hong Kong a delicacy featuring shredded snake meat along with black mushrooms and Chinese dried ham. Uh, snake meat on a pizza. Uh, this, uh, the ingredients, the snake meat, the mushrooms, the Chinese dried ham. It's the same as a a recipe for authentic steak, snake stew, which is very popular in Hong Kong, apparently. And, uh, they say the snake pizza, snake meat pizza will be available until for a limited time only until uh, November 22nd restaurants in Hong Kong. <laughs> I don't know. Would you snake meat pizza? On oh, no. it. I think we have a new candidate for the worst pizza topping displacing pineapple. Snake meat. Although I don't know, maybe it's good. I I I guess uh one of the uh, reviewers said it tastes like chicken. So, um, there it is. Use that. This is actually kind of uh kind of sad really uh it just didn't turn out the way this nevada homeowner thought it would um val williams noticed a smell coming from her yard and so she repositioned her surveillance camera and what she found shocked her it was footage of an amazon delivery driver um who had relieved himself in her yard uh, she f- saw footage of the man with an Amazon delivery uniform heading toward the home to uh, deliver a package. A moment later, he is seen returning to his vehicle, hoisting up his pants. Um, and it turns out, a video evidence of this, that, that he went to the side of the house and relieved himself. Uh, she said... She was disappointed and angry, so she contacted the uh Amazon warehouse and was told and explained to them what happened. She was told that they fired the driver, which is not what she actually wanted. She said, I wanted to let someone know so that they could give him, you know, the a break to use the facility. I said, You are the biggest delivery company in the world one of the top delivery companies in the world you can give your drivers a break enough to use the restroom she was actually complaining that they were working him too hard that he didn't have time to actually use a regular facility that he had to relieve himself on the uh, side of the house she didn't intend for him to lose his job but that's that's what happened (laughs) uh just kind of uh i mean it did not turn out quite the way she expected it to but probably the best best ending that you could hope for there um, this also from the uh, international file the uh, broken news an interesting story in Shanghai a uh, an unnamed man as the uh, report does not give the uh, gentleman's name was found living in a mall stairwell for six months before being caught. He had a, a whole uh, a whole pad there uh, worked up in the uh, stairwell of the mall complete with a, a tent, a computer, an ergonomic chair. Um, he would sneak out of his makeshift home to charge his portable devices. Eventually, he was caught by mall security uh, that since has raided his living area and kicked him out. <laughs> but what I thought was interesting about that story is uh, it just kind of uh, gives you a, a sense of you know the state of malls in the world that he would be able to do that for six months before getting caught. I mean, back in the 80s, you wouldn't be able to take up residence in the stairwell of a mall for more than 24 hours before somebody would find you. Now, <laughs> there's just nobody there. And I was going to say, the uh, mall should have been happy that somebody was actually wanted to be at the mall for six months. <laughs> because that doesn't happen very often. And finally, in the uh, broken news uh, this morning, a story with a happy ending... A lucky groom in more ways than one. A Michigan man bought a Diamonds and Pearls scratch-off lottery ticket the day after tying, tying the knot. The day after getting married, he bought the ticket. He said he uh, picked it up the day after my wedding, gave it to my wife, my new wife, to scratch off. And sure enough, they won the $1 million grand prize in <laughs> Diamonds and Pearls. That's the way to start off a marriage right there. The couple decided to take the winnings in one lump sum of $693,000, and they plan to invest the money, and that's the way to start your marriage on a good foot. (laughs)
4: Right there.
0: (laughs) There you go. That is uh, your broken news report this morning, an update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming.
5: WFIN congratulates the Finley Trojan football team for their successful 2023 campaign and for grabbing numerous postseason season honors. Several Trojans were named to the Northern Lakes League all-conference team. Quarterback Ryan Montgomery was named the NLL Offensive Player of the Year and Stephen Adams Co-Coach of the Year. Great job, Trojans. From the
0: station, proud to bring you Trojan football, 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news, and the statistics that shape our lives. Are you ready for this? It was the biggest movie of the summer, we know that, and the most popular costume trend of Halloween, and now it seems Barbie, Barbie mania, is taking over the holiday season. (laughs) Yes, that's right, Barbie replacing the traditional red and green with pink, for Christmas is according to research from, uh, Unifury, which is a Christmas ornament company. They make Christmas ornaments and they say that searches for a pink Christmas tree are up over last year by 286%. Again, are you ready for this? 286% increase in searches for pink Christmas tree. Also, According to the survey data, Mariah Carey might just have a challenge for her crown as Queen of Christmas. Uh, Taylor Swift Christmas searches have jumped by nearly 220% over the last year. That was the other big thing. You know, Taylor Swift was everywhere over the summer with her eras to her and, and all of that. And again, here, invading the Christmas season Taylor Swift Christmas. Uh, Search does Taylor Chris is, does Taylor Swift have a Christmas album? Uh, just, I I don't know. Uh, anyway, but uh, Taylor Swift Christmas searches up 220 um, percent. All of that being said, Beyonce might also be inspiring some folks' Christmas wishes. Searches for silver Christmas tree have surged by 250 percent, and Pinterest peaks for designs around silver and gold Christmas trees. Have exploded by three hundred thirty-five percent. So these are the trends. Uh, perhaps uh, from those uh, they they suspect is people looking to emulate the chromatic costumes of Beyonce's uh, big concert tour. That was the other one along with Taylor, Taylor Swift. Beyonce's tour was uh, big this summer, and she was. Uh, Chromatic costumes, mirrored accents, and and so on uh, that go along with her uh, renaissance tour. Uh, That was the explanation given by the decor experts (laughs) at Unifury, the uh, Christmas ornament company. So, again, I'm not ready. I'm not sure that we're ready for this. A pink Christmas, pink Barbie Christmas, and a Taylor Swift and Beyonce Christmas are coming I just put it out there. You can make of that what you will. So if you were at the library's author fest this past weekend with uh, Art Walk, uh, you might have seen a, a very familiar face, local attorney, former city council president, Bob Shuck was there with his new book, The Miracle of the Ugly Little Sweater and he is with us in the studio this morning bob it is uh, good to see you once again it's been a little while it has been it's good to see um, and you we're too. when we're not talking politics here we're That's talking right. how so how uh, did you go from attorney local politician to children's book author well my my
5: background is i uh, after law school, I went and got a Master's in, in of Arts and Communication. I produced television. And, okay. And I've been a writer. Right. And was out in L.A. when my mother died before I came back. Um, but um, I actually just dreamt this story. It mm-hmm. just came to me in a dream. Yeah. And I got up and wrote it down. And as I developed it, I began to think of it as a tale
0: of redemption. Mm-hmm. So, talk a little bit about the the storyline uh, in the miracle of the ugly little sweater. Well, the, it starts
5: out in Mexico. It's a little girl who is very poor, and she uses every scrap of of yarn and uh, she can find to mm-hmm. make a sweater just like her grandma taught her. And so, she does this little sweater that she loves, and she she refers to it as her her mija, which in In Spanish is my little, my dear one, something like that. Mm -hmm. And the family is going to immigrate to America uh, being sponsored by her uncle. And so for her little part to to contribute to the family uh, expense, Mm -hmm. she sells her sweater and a lady from America buys it for her granddaughter.
0: Okay. Uh, And then there, obviously, she's uh, very sad having to uh, part with this. Uh, creation that she uh, has made and uh, is is means a great deal to her but sacrificing for the greater good so there's a little bit of a message in there yes but then there's a twist at the end of the story i don't know how much you want to share well i don't but- want to do a spoiler alert here yeah. but
5: but the the grandmother presents the sweater to her daughter and a um, granddaughter in america and the the daughter throws it over. Granddaughter throws it over her shoulder. Says, because "This is the ugliest. The thing.
0: ugliest sweater because it's it's made of of scraps of yes. material. I mean, if you know the backstory and
5: and so so um she get, the grandmother gives it to folks who sell things to help the poor. Mm-hmm. And it hangs in this in the store. And it hangs in the store. Mm-hmm. And it laments. You know that it's really an allegory of about children who feel they are lost mm-hmm. or." Uh, right. Not loved, mm-hmm. and um, it hangs in the sw- in the store, and and laments, "Won't anyone ever want me?" Mm-hmm. And a grown-up sweater hanging next to her says, "Don't worry, little one. Everything always works out in the yeah. end." And the sweater cries, "But it's not working out." Yeah, and and so pretty soon, some ladies come along. Well, the the grown-up sweater says to her, "Then, don't worry," and she says, "It's not the end." Yeah. And so some ladies come along and say, oh, this would be perfect. And um, they buy the sweater. And um, I won't yeah. know what happens, it, but it, it everything it does, have does have work hap- out in the yeah, end. Yeah, everything yes. works
0: out. It does have a yes. uh, happy ending for all involved. Yes. And uh, <clears throat> so this is geared at... Early readers. Yes, and, I'd say four to eight. Right, and and uh, parents reading to their kids. Yes. Imparting some lessons here. Um, and it has
5: some ideas for discussion with children right, at the back.
0: in the back. Uh, in the back of it. Um, illustrations are just lovely. Well, um, I, you didn't do those. Oh, How did I, you get connected with the uh, illustrator? Well,
5: I, mean? I went to talk to Ben Sapp, who is in charge of the Maza Museum, and mm-hmm. he told me about Uh, several individuals, one of whom was Maggie Lynn. She'd been at the university Mm -hmm. and, uh, so uh he's she's now in Boston, and so I got hooked up with her, and she did the illustrations and yeah. she knew someone uh someone who had self published children's books from Bluffton, Richard Newman, mm-hmm. who used to be a graphic artist for marathon, and she got him involved, <laughs> and he helped and gave guidance, so it it all came together a that
0: lot way. of a lot of things coming together yes. and, and how how cool is that to see the story sort of come to fruition, something that just kind of popped into your head, you write it down in the middle of the night, and now it is a published book. It's my mija. Yeah. (laughs) That is really cool. Now, uh, we mentioned you were at uh, the Library for Author Fest, which is probably really cool getting to meet people and and all of that and uh, connect with people over the book. You're also going to do a uh, book event, a book signing, if you will, uh, coming up this weekend, right? On
5: on Saturday from, okay. I believe, 10 to 3 p.m. at Smarty Pants, which is on
0: South Main Street, directly across from the Hancock Hotel. Mm. And now that this is, is published and it's out there and you can get it on Amazon, you can get it, you know, wherever. Barnes & Noble. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's got to be really fulfilling when, you know, people buy the book. Obviously, there's something that resonates with people, that uh, buy the book. Review the book and the feedback that you get. That's got to be it. It is
5: satisfying. It's also being published in Spanish. Mm -hmm. And my goal, my hope is to, that I will be able to find a a mentor, a sponsor, if you will, to to provide these books to young children. I'm not a fan of how a lot of them got here, but they are children. Mm -hmm. And little children, you know, the only thing they should worry about is my tummy full and am I safe? Yeah. And other than that, they should just be allowed to be children. Yeah. And so, you know, I would like to read the book and sign it and give it to children who are disadvantaged. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it is really a universal applicability because yeah. there are so many children now. Look over in, yeah. in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. Ukraine. So yeah. many children have been, through no fault of their own, mm-hmm. they have right. been, you know, subjected to some things that make them think it's never going to work out.
0: Right. And, again, the story here is very hopeful. Yes, so, it is. The Miracle of the Ugly Little Sweater. We've got a link on our webpage for more information about it. And uh, Bob Shuck with us uh, this morning. Bob, thanks very much for uh, dropping by. Best of luck with the book. Thank
5: you, Chris, for letting me be here.
0: And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow to finish up the week, what better way to salute America's service members than by spreading a little holiday cheer with the help of the American Red Cross. We'll get details. And Veterans Day is about more than just honoring those who have served. For many veterans, it's a time to reflect on how that service has changed the course of their lives. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.